We need to be embracing differences. We need to be um, listening better. We need to be coming closer. That's what actually makes us safer. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number 16. The Bible can feel overwhelming, confusing, or hard to believe. Scripture Untangled, a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society, brings you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers to help you be inspired to dive into the Bible and understand it. Listen for free and subscribe to Scripture Untangled on your preferred podcast app. Visit scriptureuntangled.ca for more information. I'm here in my hometown of Burlington, Ontario, hanging out downtown in our village square. And as I walk these cobblestone streets, I realize that it has taken a village to ensure that See Here Love's mission and vision is shared across Canada, around the world, that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. As a body of Christ, there is hope for us to grow and reconstruct together. We couldn't do this work without you sharing life-changing stories of what Jesus is doing in people's lives, stories of hope, and freedom and healing in areas that matter to me and to you. I want to have the faith to believe that His plan is good even when it's taking that detour that I don't really understand. We have so much more to do and so many more people to reach with the life-changing message of Jesus. For a monthly donation of $25 or more, you can help us do just that. And we'll send you a special thank you gift of our favorite things. Go to seeherelove.com slash give or call 1-800-265-3100 and join our See Here Love Village today. All right, well, welcome back to our very special Christmas series with great expectation, finding hope, peace, joy, and love this Advent season and Merry Christmas week. Because if you're listening on the day this episode is released, we're just a few days away from Christmas. And so how appropriate that this episode is all about love, living as and loving our neighbors, taking a simple path to a more deeply connected life. And this episode, we're inviting you to belong more fully and engage more deeply with this life we've been given. And so I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this conversation. But before we go there, I have to introduce you to our very special guest, Shannon Martin. Welcome, Shannon. Hi. Yes, it's so good. And Merry Christmas. And now I get to gush about you a little bit. Thank you. For our listeners and viewers who don't (laughs) know Shannon, Shannon is a mom, wife, and neighbor living in Goshen, Indiana. She is a voracious reader, a wannabe gardener, a news geek, a thrift store stalker, a justice fighter, and an <laughs> aficionado of not-too-spicy salsa. That's awesome. Shannon is author of Start With Hello, The Ministry of Ordinary Places and Falling Free. She is a cook at a local nonprofit, The Window, dedicated to feeding her community and falls asleep most nights thinking <laughs> about breakfast. Love it. Welcome, Shannon. <laughs> So, Shannon, what's your favorite meal to cook, would you say? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I love that you're asking I love me about food. food. I love food. I, so this I is going to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I do, too. I would say, you know, I cook lunch. We cook a hot lunch at okay. the window where I work. But but my main jam okay. is a dinner. It's a dinner vibe. You know, that's when I'm feeding mm-hmm. my family. Breakfast, everybody is kind of fending for themselves. You know, lunch can be sporadic. But dinner is dinner's where I kind of put my put my weight into okay. it a little bit more. And what would you say is the meal that you would most mm-hmm. make if, well, yeah, that would be your favorite meal that you would make. 
Yeah, I am. I'm not a chef or a trained culinary person. I am a home cook who likes to feed people. Um, I like things to be kind of, I, I tend to be more of like okay. a one yep. pot type of person. I'm not doing like a meat and side dishes right. and, you know, all these things. I'm doing a soup mm. often, or um, I have two Asian sons. We eat a lot of Asian inspired yes, situations, um, bowls, yes. you know, like we eat a ton of rice. That's okay. our main card in this house. So last night we did chicken tikka masala. <gasps> I, I did that favorite. for the first time. I love I chicken tried tikka it. masala with my garlic naan bread. It yes. Was, oh, yes. It was, mm. it was, it turned out better than I thought. You know, I didn't know it was, it was something I was willing to try and, and everybody liked it. So yeah, I like to experiment. I mean, I like to try new things. And, That's amazing. Yeah. I like to have you know, fun it's interesting. with it. I never liked to yeah. cook. I always thought what a pain it takes too much time, but actually during the pandemic, it changed everything because I was forced to cook. And then I realized right. Shannon, did my creativity there was something that came out of me when I was cooking like this. It was, there was a joy of, of cooking for my family. I had time. It was actually an excuse for people to get away from me. <laughs> Even if people to like allow right. me to do my food prep. Give my me space. space. <laughs> yeah. And I love, so I started, I actually started making one of my favorites is pork adobo, which is a Filipino dish or chicken Ooh. adobo with rice and vegetables was yeah. one of my favorite. And then I also love to make this like garlic chicken with like green beans and rice. But we eat a lot of rice. Like I love rice. I mean, I like yeah. potatoes, but rice is kind of the staple. That's yeah, awesome. Same. Okay. Yep. Next quick question. Yep. I love that you are a thrift store stalker. Best thrift store find <laughs> to date. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm looking around. Most of the things in my house. Really? are thrifted. I, yeah, most things came to me somehow secondhand. Boy, uh, best thrift store purchase to date. I'm going to say, because it's what I'm looking at right now, this was, this might be a little bit of a cheat. It came to me secondhand, but I'm looking over my kitchen at a set of old lockers that were pulled out of a, out of a school that were set for, you know, the school was being torn down and I nabbed a set of these lockers and I keep my cookbooks and my aprons and it's you know I don't I have a kitchen that doesn't have a ton of storage that's and so we're kind awesome. of working with what we have and that's something that's like you know it's a mm-hmm. fixture in my home that's awesome I would say for me I got some great glasses short glasses from France that my girlfriend and I found just actually last week behind other glasses and they were gorgeous Ooh. I can't even believe it they were like $12 for eight of them and I'm like are you kidding she's like these are amazing um, I, that one, I have said some of my greatest records. My family were vinyl. We're a vinyl family. So we love records. Yes. Yep. So we've got some really good classics. And then old frames. Some of the best frames I have in the house are from yes. stores. Yep. Yep. Yeah, just pull what it... I mean, a lot of times what's in it isn't even artwork. It's just maybe a cheap print or something. Pull it out and use that frame. Spray it up. I, you're Pull right. Yeah. That's it. And, and you kind of reminded me probably my favorite thing to look for, like to consistently hunt for when I'm thrifting is mugs. I have a, my, my second book, the ministry of ordinary places has yeah. a bunch of mugs there. It's my mugs <laughs> for my kitchen. And I am always looking for thrift store mugs. You can find I such know. great there ones. Are some, 
and baskets and like all kinds of things. And sometimes my husband's just like, okay, mm-hmm. you need to give yourself. And the problem is with the budget right. at, the, at the thrift store, he's like, and a budget doesn't make sense because for 20 bucks, you could buy so much right. stuff. <laughs> it's just right. I, I have to be careful that I don't, we have the best thrift store oh, really? in Goshen and I have to consciously not go too often. I mean, if I go, I'm going to bring something home. And we live in a pretty small home. I don't have room for a lot of yeah. stuff. I don't need a lot of stuff. So I have to be, like, at this point, I'm like, I try to only go okay. maybe once a month. I have to, like, limit yeah. my But it's fun because also, like, <laughs> in the next coming weeks, we have a friend's birthday. So it's kind of like a sort of, be, you know, in, in Christmas time. And he wanted a 70s theme. So, wow, do thrift stores oh. ever have some great 70s clothes? <laughs> That's so super that's what's fun. the fun because I, I got the it. aviators, I got the bell bottoms and the crazy tops. Now I had to go to a party city to get that's my Farrah so Fawcett wig, but um, <laughs> everything else was thrifted and from the thrift store. So it's so fun. Anyway, I love that. I love asking people because I awesome. love thrifting too. It's one of my favorites. So I know it's so a lot fun. in common. <laughs> well, we, before we talk about your latest book and just you know this start with hello um, and other simple ways to live mm-hmm. as neighbors. And because it's Christmas, I have to ask you these two questions that uh, we've been asking everybody in this Advent series um, for the series. So number one, Shannon, your favorite moment in the Christmas story? Out of all the moments, Mm. lead up, Mm. within, what would you say is like, that's the moment that I'm like, ah, captures me in a way that is different, meaningful for you. Yeah. I love that question. And I feel like the answer to that question changes for me mm-hmm. every year. Um, I have done my own kind of re-examining and deep dive of the story because, I, you know, it, as someone who grew up in mm-hmm. church my whole life, it's a story that I felt like, well, I kind of get it. You yeah. know, I know the story. But then, you know, you revisit it and different things emerge. And I think the thing that's capturing me right now is in the Gospel of Luke in particular we see references to Jesus's parents. (laughs) And for me, that's just like, it it just distills the story down to these were ordinary people living their one ordinary, precious Mm -hmm. life. You know, we think of Mary and Joseph and we know that they were um, the parents of Jesus, but to, to just read casually, you know, and then Jesus's parents took him to the temple and Jesus's parents, you know, It's so relatable to me as someone who's a parent. But even if we're not parents, we Mm -hmm. have parents. You know, it's just like it. that idea of making it a little more kind of bringing the story closer to the ground for me in a way that is like, it's just so tangible. You know, just the idea of, of what does that mean to be not just Mary, you know, the mother of Jesus, but Jesus's parent. I don't know. That's the phrase yeah. that has kind of captured me Well, just think about that. Year. We actually, my husband and I, we've got some great fun friends. A lot of them have been, are former pastors, pastors, seekers, like all kinds of people. And we always want to humanize yeah. it because imagine knowing there's Jesus and you're trying to parent Jesus. So discipline, right. correcting, but then does he know what I'm going to say beforehand? Right. And then would he know how to respond? Like right. we actually go through this when we hang out, you know, over dinner parties about how those conversations would be, or are you like, ah, was there, you know, you know, were you conflicted? Were they conflicted as parents going, Mm -hmm. oh, if I say this, I'm sure they were, aren't we all? We have to go to therapy (laughs) because he has family origin issues. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
Jesus the Son right. of God. Like, I know that we we say this, but fully human, right? Like fully divine, yeah. and yet he was. I love that parented. Yes, <laughs> right. It's not just the means, you know. It's not just the means of how did the incarnation mm-hmm. happen? How did how did God come to Earth? Well, through people, but it's like, oh yeah, they were yeah. a family living normal family things and getting dinner on the table and, you know, doing chores and all the things that families do. That's what they were doing. It's pretty cool. And imagine like, you know, we know brothers and siblings, like how, how annoying could that be too? Like we talk about that too. Like what is he throwing at them? And did he ever do that? Like, um, just so you know, right. That's a reminder. Right. We get it. Yeah. We get it. I am the savior. (laughs) Of the world. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, just, I, I, I you know, like, I maybe he didn't say that, but when you're, when you're thinking, like, you're, like you're saying, the humanity of it, the family, it, it's yes. real. Those are, yes. like, that has to be yeah. legit in those kinds of conversations and interactions. I love that. Thank you for yeah. that reminder, because sometimes yeah. we, we make it so far away from us that it was such a, right. It, yes. And it, you know, you need. It's such yes. a special story, but it's also such a human yeah. and ordinary story in, in so many ways. That might be your next book of like the, <laughs> the story of Jesus growing up or being a parent to Jesus. Oh my goodness. <gasps> right. Right. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to okay. let somebody else yeah. try that one. Can you imagine that? How that's going to be? Okay. We'll just put that, Shannon, in sort of like a, a possible box for you. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. 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 Next question. That was great. <laughs> What are your thoughts, Shannon, about our anchor quote? I've been sharing this uh, with everyone, too. For our Advent mm-hmm. series, Focusing on Love, this is the quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And this is what he mm-hmm. says. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, one of the one of the things I think about is is in the the hymn, the line, "A thrill of hope, the weary world oh, rejoices," and that's another thing I think about every year. It's usually a quote that I I don't put up a lot of repeat. I I really don't do this at all. Put it put up repeat content on Instagram, but I know when December rolls around, I will pull that out because it's such a reminder that without that weariness we don't have the thrill of hope. Like we, it it requires both, you know, we have that weariness. And so we have that hope and we can't hold hope in the same way without really relating in some way to that weariness, you know, the weariness of the world. Um, So yeah, that's what comes to mind for me. I like that. And I love that song. I love, I love that song. Some of the best theology I find are actually in Christmas carols, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus is. It's kind of yeah. hiding there in plain sight. You know, it's like we we sing the songs and then, you know, you get to whatever age. I was well into my 30s and even 40s before I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like, this is a hymn yeah. of justice. You know, whatever the, the case may be, like it's, there's yeah. some really powerful And I feel like theology. we should bring those throughout the year. Like I remember that in one of our church services, right. yes. one of the worship leaders brought some Christmas songs because the theology was about, you know, justice. We're talking about justice and everybody was thrown mm-hmm. by it. And I said, you know, songs like this aren't contained yeah. to just Christmas. Some of these yeah. songs we should sing to remind ourselves 
about why Jesus yeah. came and what he was doing, it, you know, and redeeming the whole world and all of creation as we are to be partners with him. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah. I think you're right. And I think that would be my next thing next year is bringing Christmas songs, you know, to, yeah, I love it too. Love that. It's awesome. All right. I want to talk about the book and I think it's just incredible timing to talk about living as neighbors, loving our neighbors especially in this season of Christmas, and not just Christmas, Shannon, and, you know, throughout the year. But let's start Mm -hmm. first with why this book for you. Like, why was it so important that Mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to write a book about how to live as neighbors and help people, and we'll talk about this afterwards, but, like, help people walk them through very practical things that we can do. Mm Mm-hmm. My family moved into this neighborhood about 11 years ago. So, and that sounds in so many ways like a long time, but it still, it was such a, it was like a cataclysmic shift for my family. When we moved, you know, we lived out in the country. We lived in a very homogenous community. And so we moved not far away, but into a very diverse and precious, um, overlooked in many ways neighborhood where suddenly we had a lot of people really close in proximity to us a lot of difference in every sense of the world word around us. And, and I was asking the question, what do I do? How do I do this? You know, I had this, I had this understanding that, you know, it matters to God that we know our neighbors and love our neighbors. I knew that in my head, but it's like, okay, how do we do that? And how do we do it? Well, how do we do it without, you know, just this kind of savior mentality, especially, you know, living in a lower income neighborhood, there's a lot of need around us. This is the book. Start with hello is the book. I wish I, somebody would have put into my hands, you know, because I've written, I, I, I mostly write about the idea of neighbors and community. I believe with my whole heart that neighbor is part of my spiritual DNA. I think that is as Christians, that is our That is a a primary part of our identity. And people just, we don't, we aren't taught in really practical terms. Why does it matter? What does it look like? And how do we do it? So in this particular book, I was answering the question, how do I do it? And, and what I can tell you is, you know, I write using a lot of storytelling. That's always going to be a part of my writing, but I wanted this to be the most practical an accessible book I've written. I wanted it to be easy to read and easy to understand and give a lot of like really tangible ideas on like, tell me what to do, you know, like just what do we do? How do we do it? Um, and, and that's where, that's where I landed with this one is, you know, I want it to be, I want it to be available and helpful to a, a variety of people in a variety of places and and really do the the work of bringing us back together or in a lot of cases bringing us together for the first time because these are these are mm-hmm. hard times <laughs> these are hard times in the world and you know in in our countries and our cities it's just difficult and we're divided in a lot of ways and so you know what what does what does this yeah. really look like i think that's really important because i think maybe we can expand on that i think the why is important mm-hmm. which is what you just said Mm-hmm. And I think it's good is that in mm-hmm. this, it's like mm-hmm. you presented why and then how. Because I think a lot of people don't want to yeah. listen to the why. <laughs> like, why should we right. live as neighbors, be intentional with our neighbors? When they're so different, yeah. we don't like them. Why we do we have uh, to? Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know? Yes. 
and and in so many ways, you know, I was never taught this in words, but I I grew up somehow absorbing the idea that that difference was in some way dangerous. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's like with certain differences, we put that wall up, we put our guard up, we keep distance. Um, and, and that just couldn't be less mm -hmm. helpful. You know, that that did not serve me well in life. And so, you know, if, if we think about what does it look like to to live in the kingdom of God, and I like to think of it as like in the neighborhood, in the mm -hmm. neighborhood of God and, and in the neighborhood of God's reign, it means that we need to be embracing differences. We need to be um, listening better. We need to be coming closer. That's what actually makes us safer is coming near to the people around us and not just our next door neighbors, although mm -hmm. I think that matters, but just, you know, the anybody that we're kind of rubbing shoulders with throughout our ordinary and everyday lives. I mean, anyone we're encountering is a neighbor to us. Mm -hmm. You are a neighbor to me right now in this moment. And so it's like, but you know, what now? What what do we do and how do we do this? Because I, I do think for me, part of the why is that as as a Christian person, I believe that we were created to know each other and to need mm. each other. That's the why for me is like we were built for this and we've gotten, you know, our culture in, in a lot of ways has pulled us away from this, you know, kind of interdependence and leaning on each other and needing each other. And, and we, if we can find our way back to that, we will find ourselves safer and more secure and, and with this sense of real connection, like we belong wherever we are, we belong here Love it. in this place. Now you go through and we're going to kind of go through quickly because I also want to make sure that people pick up the book because I think it's a really great tool. This is a great like family or small group conversation. Like I was reading it for myself, yeah. but then I was like, I was yelling at Chris, my husband, Chris, Chris, here's one. And then he's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like I was literally yelling across <laughs> You know, like it was so I funny. I was like, this is a good thing. This is what we just did the other night or whatever, right? So I, I yes. so I, what I like, it's really, yeah. it's really practical. It's really accessible. Your language too is really awesome. Like it's very easy. And, but I want to talk through just really quickly, some very practical things. So some people are like, that can mm -hmm. be really overwhelming. Like I'm, I'm an introvert. Yeah. I, yep. I want to hunker down. I want to mm -hmm. bring everybody again close. Yeah. So you're telling me, Shannon, to do a couple of things. They're like, eh. But here we go. So I'll, I'll combine some. You have, let's start with hello. And then you also have like take walks. So if we're talking about actually like proximity, mm -hmm. we're talking yeah. literally in our neighborhood. So yeah. yep. start with hello and take walks. And it mm -hmm. sounds so simple, but I think some um, people are like, oh my goodness, right. that's, that's already too much. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and honestly, what I would say, Melinda, is when you said, you know, for the people who are like, I'm an introvert, I want to hunker down. <laughs> Me too. And I, I write about this, you know, I bring it up several times through the book because I want, I, I think a lot of times as a fellow introvert, we can be like, okay, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like this, you know, this idea of, of living as a neighbor, like I wasn't built that way. I'm not wired for that. So mm -hmm. I get a right. pass here. And, and I've just learned, you know, and, and keep in mind, you know, I'm 11 years into this and anything I know, anything I have learned about living connected with the people near me, I have learned from my mm, actual neighbors. It's awesome. great. Anything I know, I have learned from the people around me. So this is all, this all comes to me secondhand because we, you know, we showed up and we're just loved 
so well by the people around us in really normal ways. You know, this isn't about becoming best friends with mm-hmm. everybody who lives around you and going on vacations together. This is about taking these tiny little steps that are so slow and feel so hidden. You know, this idea of taking walks, like what does that matter? Why does it matter to pay attention yeah. to this guy, which I also write about and really believe in. But I think when we can, when we can kind of train ourselves and it takes some mm-hmm. intention, we are used to looking at our phones and going from one task to the next. And, you know, life is full and I, and I make no bones about that. I, my life is very full and, and it's full with intention, but to be able to take intentional moments to say, I'm going to look up at the sky every day. I'm going to look down at the ground beneath my feet every day because I believe the goodness of God is in these places and is in creation. And if we can find that rhythm of just learning to pay attention to the world we are in, it does translate over time to paying better attention to the people around us. As we pay attention to the people around us, it connects us. And pretty soon we find that we love them. And pretty soon we find that they love us back. And, and so this takes time. This isn't something that happens overnight. And, and so what I'm saying with Start With Hello is you don't have to pick up this book and, and like change everything about your life. This is about find mm-hmm. one little thing. You know, just decide that when you're out in your community and in your wherever you happen to be throughout a given day, that you're just going to be more intentional about making eye contact and saying mm-hmm. hi. That's a really small step. And you might do that for, for quite some time before it takes that turn and you find yourself kind of having a conversation with, with one of the people, you know, we have to give ourselves permission that this is supposed to be very slow work and that Mm -hmm. all of it counts. That's awesome. I'm going to combine two, one's from like the beginning of the book, one's from the end, which I was, I had to sit and think too, where you say part of living as neighbor is acknowledging our blind spots and engaging honest self-reflection and also re-examining, re-examining our long held beliefs. Those are big ones. Mm-hmm. Like those are the ones where those aren't like what you yeah, said. It's going to take time because you're having to kind of say, right. why do I think about that with that people group? Or why do I feel right. all of a sudden very afraid when I see that person? Like right. I, I, why, why do I feel afraid? What is that? And I, and that's some unlearning, yes. like you say, but I think I'd love, so it's that yeah. blind spots on a self-reflection. And then later on, you're like re-examining our long held beliefs on things. Yeah. Yeah. That has been my crash course, you know, over the past 10 or 11 years is is coming to understand it makes us so uncomfortable to to admit even just to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, even just to say in within myself what what you just shared, like if I'm being honest with myself, I feel a guard come up or, you know, I feel a little afraid. We we don't like what that might say about us. And so we just don't Mm -hmm. allow ourselves to even go there. But until we go there and acknowledge like, oh, this is real. This is happening in my body. I wonder why. Where did that come from? For me, I know it came from in part the fact that I lived in in spaces through most of my life where everybody around me sort of looked and lived and believed mm-hmm. just as I did. And so, you know, growing up in that sort of bubble, um, it didn't allow me the benefit of of becoming more comfortable with people who looked or lived or believed differently than I do. And so it was a matter of acknowledging this Mm -hmm. is true and I'm going to confront this and I'm going to let myself be curious about it and not even judge or condemn myself, but to say, 
you know, what if I just got curious about this? What if I started to read different books? What if I started to listen to different voices on podcasts or media or whatever the case may be? What if I started listening to some different news sources? Mm -hmm. All these things that we can do. You know, social media is such a great tool. We have Wi-Fi and we have a library card. And, and that's those are great places to start with. For me saying, I'm reading mostly white authors. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I'm going to intentionally, and I, I've been doing this for years now, I don't let myself read two white authors in a row. So I certainly, I am a white author, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like there's no, I, I'm throwing no shade here, but I realized I was not getting a very full picture on, on different perspectives around me. And I wanted to break Good. through that. And so I had to just be very intentional and say, this is mm. my new rule for myself. And I'm going to just start mixing it up. And I have learned so much. And so, yes, you're right. It feels like a bigger thing. Um, it's more towards the end of the book, but at the same time, it's a simple step that yes. everybody can take. Today can be your day one where you say, oh yeah, you know, my husband, I had the conversation with him. He was reading mostly men. He was not reading very many female authors and he, it was a blind spot for him when I yeah. kind of pointed it out in love. He was kind of like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, it's like until we really confront these things they are blind spots. And so once we acknowledge them, then we got to do that. something. I love that. You know, I just interviewed Karen Gonzalez and she was the oh, one yes. who in her book, and we had a long talk about it where she said to me, I sat there with all of these books and nothing wrong with these people, but I realized that all the books yeah. that have formed my theology as a Latina were white men yeah. from North America. That's right. She goes, and I had like yep. what you're saying. And actually yep. I, I said this and, and it's interesting. My husband and his friends have actually kind of made this decision and accountability that they will not, their next books are not white men, North American. They're actually looking for women yes. from Asia and men and women from Africa and all different places. Yep. Because again, as we look at scripture sitting from different, you know, ethnic um, experiences, ethnicity, culture, the scriptures are so different and come alive in different ways and new ways than what that's seen. right. Yeah. We have different, I mean, we, we all have come from a different and unique social yeah, location right. kind of, you know, our, our place forms us. And so if we're really only absorbing content, whatever the content may, may be from people who live in a similar social location, we're just mm -hmm. missing out on a lot. And so it, it's just been a really, like, my encouragement to people is to not be afraid of this process, to be, to let yourself be curious and excited about it. And like, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it, it just kind of cracks mm -hmm. things open in a different way that for me, I just can't go back. So I, I don't want to go back. Shannon. I want to talk about this idea of home and house. <laughs> um, yes. The clean house, the open house. Inviting people over, over for food. Don't dread the drop by, which you say. And I, and I was <laughs> convicted because I'm the type of person where I like things kind of tidy. I like things kind of nice. So sure, that when people too. come in, it's yeah. like they don't walk into a dirty bathroom because that stuff drives me crazy. And I know. And I'm not outing people. But when I go to somebody's home and they know I'm coming, why is the bathroom dirty? Like, why do I see, like, <laughs> dirty clothes beside the toilet and the sink is still with mushy you know, like toothpaste. And I'm like, <laughs> toothpaste me I'm like yeah. but you know, I was coming over for dinner. You could have just done a quick little Lysol wipe, right? Anyway, so oh, I was reading funny. that and I was, I talked to my husband, Chris, and I go, 
do I, is that a block for me? Because I'm so mm-hmm. like that, how do I find the balance? Because, you know, the, and I think maybe let's just talk about that because I think the home and having it accessible and open for some people, that's just like, ugh. Yeah. Like the drop by is dreaded. Yeah. Like you say, like, oh yeah. my gosh, I don't have food. I don't, blah, 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 blah. and then, which then can block yeah, right. us from neighborliness, from living as neighbors. So yeah. maybe you can talk about that because I'd love to hear that. And I think a lot of people would because how do we make our home open and kind of get past a little bit of our own mm-hmm. issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great, first of all, that you even asked your husband, like, is this a thing for me? Because I, I think that's part of the self-reflection. We all we all come from different mm-hmm. places um, and we all bring different baggage into this conversation. So for me, I, you know, I feel like the Martha Stewart's of the world just did not. I'm a fan. I, I mm-hmm. read decorating magazines. I was devastated when I got the notice that I was, you know, that that magazine was <laughs> yeah. done. I like it. But at the same time, it, it hasn't done us any favors in terms of, of actual mm. connection. It, it did well to teach us how to entertain and how to impress people and, and how to enjoy hobbies and, you know, learn new skills, all those things. But those, you know, I think when we have this expectation of trying to present a different version oh. of ourselves to other people than how we actually live, that does become a barrier. Wow. And I know that that had become mm-hmm. a barrier for me. We want authentic connection. We want, you know, we say in churches and in our, in our lives, like just, you know, come as you are. We welcome people just as they are. But then when somebody comes to our house, we're going to mm-hmm. polish it up. Most of us are going to polish things up pretty quickly. And that might work that particular time. But the problem is now you've set the bar there. And, and so it's like you can, you can get everything tip top shape, but now you got to do that every time. Or, or like the, the facade right. is going to crumble. So again, that's something that I have learned from, from people in my life, friends and neighbors in my life, who honestly, some of them come from really hard places. Some of them have suffered in ways that I will never suffer. And, and the ways that I have been welcomed into their homes is just like, we're just so glad you're here. It's not at all about what does the house look like or what food do I have to serve you or you know, I write about this and start with hello. I've been welcomed into homes where they don't have a table. There's no kitchen table. So, so all mm. of these experiences have helped me understand the importance for me of knocking that um, mm-hmm. bar down, you know, to say it's an honor to be invited into somebody's home just as it is. And, and I can be, you know, I'm looking around right now at the mess around me that you can't see from where you're sitting. But it makes me crazy, and I, I like to keep things tidy. And my husband, Corey, says all the time, Shannon, our house is messy live because here. people live here. That's what Chris here. says. Yeah, people live here. People live you- here. So why not? Why are we so afraid to let other people see? I think we are all living similarly. We are all dealing with our own kind of mess and our own level of mess. But we all think we are the only one. Or, you know, we don't want to be the one to go first and expose it. But what if we just did? What if we went first? And the next time somebody came over, um, we just, you know, we didn't make apologies. We just welcomed people in, clear the clutter to one end of the table, pour a glass of water. That's all mm-hmm. you really need. It's so good. I'm sitting here going, okay, that, that was, that was, you need to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, this might help you feel better too. I once had a friend, she's a good friend of mine. 
she's another author. I'll just say her name, Lisa Jo Baker, <laughs> if you're listening. She came over. She doesn't live near me, but she was coming through town and she came in and she said, can I like take a tour of the house? Like she's seen my house on Instagram and all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to take her upstairs where my two teenage yeah. boys live? And I took her up because I was like, okay, I'm practicing just yeah. letting, you know, keeping that guard down. We went up into that bathroom and there was, <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> yeah. I'm just keeping it real. There was a dirty bandaid on the toilet seat. No. And we laugh about it to this day. Like we laugh all the time when I talk to her, like the dirty bandaid, like this is how so many of us are living and it's just reality. It's reality with kids, with teenagers. And she saw it all and I was embarrassed, but you know what? I mean, it, it honest to goodness brought us to a, a next level of closeness That's Awesome. <laughs> in a way that, that honestly made her feel too like, oh, okay. What it does is it tells the other person okay, you're not perfect. Maybe I don't have to be perfect either. And that's an extreme (laughs) example, but it's, it's stuck with me. I'll tell you that. I'm going to remember that. So even (laughs) if I have something like dirty, like a, like a little tissue that's dirty, I'll go, it's not as bad as Shannon's dirty. (laughs) It's not a dirty band on the toilet seat. Good grief. It's amazing. Gross. You know, Shannon, you know, I love this conversation and for, you know, myself, the listener viewer, you know, in so much in, in your book, it's there's so much I mean navigating our differences food and soup we haven't talked you know it's it's not thicker skin we need it's a commitment to tenderness from thoughts and prayers I love this to more justice which I knew would be so much in your book too the actual movement and activism gardening and growing which is hilarious because I'm a horrible gardener I think I am I've killed so many plants Chris has (laughs) bought me these amazing plants and within two weeks they're like dead so now I've got those and it's horrible I don't want to out myself but I will but I've got those like really authentic looking fake plants that that really look real. Yes, that, right? that's because okay. Because I honestly, I don't know what it is. Like I try to be tender with the leaves and I talk to them and it's, it's so just, hard. It's, and so Chris is just like, you know what? You got to just be honest about you're just not good. Like you really, yeah, you're yeah, good like, at other things. But I think at the end, this sense of this empathy and hope. I, I like I, I'm trying to encourage people in this time of love, like how to take the pause on. I think kind of like examining ourselves, but also this love and empathy and hope for our neighbors. And what does mm-hmm. that mean? Because it's going to look different from where we are, where we live, our neighbors, yeah. our neighborhood. But just how yeah. do we choose it? I can't, I mean, you don't want to manip- manipulate or force anybody. But I think just for me, like I'm ready. Right. I feel very ready. I've been, I invited my neighbors to my uh, party. And it was great. We had, you know, singing and it was just so much fun. And it was really cool because my neighbor came over. She was new. She didn't really know me. Mm-hmm. She could not believe the friends I had. She couldn't even believe, too. She goes, are you all religious? Like, she actually said that. She goes, because you are so mm-hmm. fun. And I can't believe that you guys talk about <laughs> Melinda and her life with God and her relationship with Jesus. Because she was kind of, but you guys are cool. Like yeah. I have never been in yeah. a place of all of these faith people having fun, partying, yeah. dancing, singing. Yeah. And so it was sort of like this yeah. really great, it just happened a couple months ago and now we're friends. They invited us over for that. Diwali and you know, we're going to invite them over for Christmas, but it, it you yes. know, and it was an easy thing, but I know it's not an easy thing for people mm-hmm. to really want it and go out there. So I think maybe just what what is yeah. it going to take? What maybe 
we need to do. I know your book helps with that, but maybe it's just some, some final thoughts. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's the final chapter of start with hello. You know, I set it up. It's 10 chapters where each chapter is saying like listening Mm -hmm. over speaking, kind of flipping different paradigms on their heads. And and that final chapter is empathy over everything. Because I think at the end of the day, that is really the goal. The goal is that we can take these little tiny steps, start today. Today Mm -hmm. is day one when we say, we're just going to make these tiny steps towards each other. We're going to make these tiny steps to look outward rather than just inward, to open the door rather than keeping the door closed. We're just going to make these tiny moves. And the goal is that we come to a place where are we still you know, having differences between us? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Because it, like you said, like that's really where a lot of the fun and interesting moments of life come from. That's where we learn. That's where we grow. But, but yes, we want those differences to remain, but we also want to be able to, to see each other as fully made mm-hmm. in the image of God, as, as fully human, um, as, as completely, you know, we're only using dignifying language and we are going to try to listen better so that we can see the world in some small way from a different perspective, because we have a lot to learn from doing that. And, and I think really the goal of empathy or, or kind of the fruit of empathy is yeah. hope. When we can become people of empathy, we start to believe that progress is possible because that is, that's a hard thing to hold on to right now. I think myself and many people around me have said, like, I don't think this is going to get better. You know, it feels like things just keep getting worse in terms of the ways we're relating with one another and, and kind of getting along or not getting along when we can center ourselves in this place of empathy and really seeing each other as neighbors um, with, with things mm-hmm. to offer and things to receive, you know, ask for what you need, offer what you can. That's the whole vision of, of living as neighbors is that we get to give and receive when we can kind of settle into that place over time. We, we start to believe that, that we can hold on to that hope that things are getting better. You make one little neighborhood more connected that actually does make the world more connected. You know, the math checks out. If you're having your, your fun parties with your friends and making those connections, that makes the world a little mm-hmm. bit stronger, a little more connected, a little more hopeful. So yeah, that's, the, that's what we have to look forward to. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's 100% possible for every I single one of us. I wanna end with the neighbor's blessing we have to the book. And I'm going to say it, and then people are going to have to buy the book to get the blessing. But I love it because it says, <laughs> May you go out into this bewildering world warmed by the fire of possibility. May you come to see walking shoes, soup spoons, minivans, and wrinkled hands as worthy tools for connection. And may your heart stay tender, love that. your hands stay open, mm-hmm. and your door stay easy on its hinges. And may you find comfort in the moon, art in the clouds, and goodness in the faces around you. May you gather, listen, and hope relentlessly. And may you never give up on the living light of belonging right where you are. Grace and peace and gumption be with you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful Thank blessing. I actually want to... Do you have these printed? Because you should get these printed or something. I do. And we didn't even plan this. I was just like two minutes before we hopped on this call taking a photo. It's available in the most <gasps> beautiful print okay. on my website. You can download it there, okay, shannonmartin.com. <laughs> um, 
one of, one of my favorite artists, Lori Hattin, created it for me. And it's it's so, so Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. The timing so, yes, of this. It's available. Because I read this. I and know. Like, oh, and I was thinking, should I, like, write it out myself and then put it up? Or should I have my daughter, who's an artist, write it and then write Shannon Martin and send it to you? Like, yeah. I honestly, it's so beautiful. And what a gift as a blessing. Thank like, you. even if it was on a card... I would give to my, I don't know. I'm just, anyway, ideas for you, but I love it. And Shannon, thank you. I I know I could talk to you for hours, but I think just, yeah, just a peek into the book and all of the great things. And you know what I love too, at the very end of each chapter, you have um, one simple way to live as neighbors. And so you actually give Mm -hmm. kind of this like takeaway how to, like on page 115, you're like, make a pot of soup. And then have people yeah. come over. And you just, I, I really love that. Um, it's it's really yeah. practical. And for somebody who needs kind of takeaways, it's it's really important. So like I said, I think it's great for family or like a small group or even like a women's yeah. group to kind of walk it through. And then you have what I love, takeaways. Yeah, okay, I've, everybody, here's the simple step we can try to do mm-hmm. this week. Great. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to keep them simple. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is there are two discussion guides available okay. on the website as well. One is a faith-based discussion guide and one, the, the book, you know, I am a person of deep faith, but this isn't necessarily, you know, a, a, it's a faith informed yeah. book yeah. more than it's, you know, it's not like yeah. a devotional type of book, but we created two. So whether it's a church group that wants more of that faith content interwoven or whether it's a, you know, I want this to be a book that works, like I said, for not just for people of the of the Christian tradition. So there's a couple different options there um, available for download. Amazing. Thank you website. for that. This is really, really good. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. I, I love it. Everybody should go get it. And I'm going to go and download that that blessing. It's really special. Yay. Well, Merry Christmas. Any other so any good. special plans for Christmas with your family? Not too much. We mostly just like hang out here at home and yeah, just we, we keep it very low key and just happy yeah. to be together. Eat some great food. Too much food for us. Yeah. We have, um, I don't know what happened with pandemic, but I think all of our friends decided let's just do parties every night. So my poor introverted husband, we went on a date night last <laughs> night and he was like, okay, I just need to be honest with you. There's a lot of parties. I just need to know which ones <laughs> so do I really need to go to. Which ones can you go solo right. or bring a girlfriend? And I'm like, hun, that's yes. actually a really great conversation yes. to have. I'm like extroverted. And I'm like party, party every. Because I'm like, oh my goodness, now it's party time. We can go out and do stuff for Christmas. Because for the past <laughs> two years, it wasn't, you know, there was some challenges. Right. So anyway, um, I was just like, yeah. okay, we'll, I'll do the party. So it's, it's good. I love thinking of oh, you yeah, partying sure. it up for the next month. <laughs> well, Shannon, thank you again. <laughs> really appreciate you being with us. Merry Christmas. And to you, our listeners and viewers, Merry Christmas to you. And as you start with hello, be intentional, and read Shannon's book, um, know that you are seen, that you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God as you choose to live as neighbors and love your neighbor. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.